Hey guys, uh, this is Chase with CS Joseph, and uh, we had a subscriber contact me recently and ask about doing a video to go deeper on the four sides of the mind. And I was planning on diving into how to type yourself and how to type someone else without the use of a test as part of our next series, uh, but I wanted to get this video in before I did that so that we could actually discuss the four different uh, sides of the mind in, uh, in depth. I had previously discussed them in either the first or second video, not entirely sure which one it was, but uh, I had lightly touched on them uh, previously. So before I go into that series, I wanted to uh, discuss specifically why it's relevant to know that. And the reason is, it really comes from Myers-Briggs, quite honestly. Myers-Briggs is a test uh, which I have concerns about its accuracy. I mean, you could even take the human metrics test, just look up on Google human metrics test. And uh, that test is a very decent MBTI test. It's 64 questions. I think it's 8 out of 10 accurate, personally. But that test has a lot of accuracy issues. I'm an ENTP, but when I first took that test, I tested as INTJ. I also tested as INFJ a few times, and I never actually got an ENTP result from that test. It wasn't after starting to study depth psychology or Jungian analytical psychology at length that I learned I was actually an ENTP because I began to type myself using temperaments and interaction styles instead of, and other people as well, instead of relying on the test. Uh, and, and the test, quite frankly, any of the tests can be inaccurate. Um, people have to be willing to be honest with themselves. They have to be honest uh, with the test. They ha can't be so concerned about what other people think about them or how people feel about them. And it's really hard for some types of people to actually take the test and get an accurate result because uh, they may not be so blunt with themselves as they would need to be to be able to get an accurate result. But even if they are blunt, at most 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 accuracy with these tests. But I'm not here to harp on the test so much because I'll be talking about tests more in depth uh, in a later video. Uh, specifically about that subject matter. The issue I'm talking about is what happens after someone takes a test. And they usually get their four-letter results. They take a test, oh, I'm an ESTJ, or oh, I'm an INFP. The problem is, is that that test result is just one side of their mind. It's only 25% of the answer. And you have people going around like, oh, I got my four letters, you're putting me in a box because sometimes I'm extroverted one day or I'm introverted another. The test says I'm an introvert, right? But why do I, why am I the life of the party when I go to a party, for example? And they have these questions and it just basically creates a lot of doubt uh, that people have against depth psychology or Jungian analytical psychology specifically the MBTI. They start doubting the MBTI and its relevance because of these small problems. A good example of this, you can go on the INTJ forums, for example, and people all over the INTJ forums, you can even do it on Reddit, uh, MBTI uh, subreddit, 
and other places on Reddit talking about this form of uh, typology, personality types, or, or uh, depth psychology, where people are complaining about the archetype answers they're getting from their tests because it's like, oh, hey, I got these four letters and you're putting me in a box. You don't really understand me. And uh, especially ESFPs or um, ISFJs, ISTJs, uh, ESTPs, those four types especially have a really hard time with uh, accepting a type answer from a test. And they're also, well, it's from a test, you know, because the tester professional put it together, so that means it must be true, right? Yeah, no. Creden Let's be honest, credentials only exist so people who are not willing to do the research themselves can take the information they're getting at face value. That's why credentials exist. Otherwise, uh, of course, people would start making the argument that credentials exist to, to prove time spent on research and whatnot, but not really. It's just so a layman can take what somebody looks to be like an expert can take it at face value. Whereas, you know, anyone and their mother can go to the public library and become an expert on almost any topic. All they have to do is just find the right books, find the right authors, and spend the time doing it. But again, like the MBTI test, we're, we're asked to take it at face value. And that's not what I would recommend. I would recommend actually taking a serious look at it. Um, so the four sides of the mind. The test is just 25% of the equation. You get your test result, but your test result is just your ego. It doesn't account for, so your ego, it doesn't account for uh, the subconscious, the unconscious, or your superego, which are the four sides of the human mind. And each four of these are actually their own type. So you literally have four personality types in your head at all times. So you're basically four human beings in one. And a lot of people don't understand that. And some of those personalities are introverted, some of them are extroverted. It's not like what people in the MBTI forums or the INTJ forums, where they're like, oh, I'm an INTJ, but I feel extroverted sometimes, so I'm becoming an ENTJ. No, that's not accurate at all. And it only serves to feed the stigma that Jungian analytical psychology or depth psychology is not relevant. People don't believe it because these test results are misleading them and are not actually accurate. That's a problem, right? So I'm here to use this video to dispel that and show that yes, the test results are meaningful, if they're accurate, that is, provided the test result is accurate, it is meaningful, but it's only 25% of the equation. And I'm going to, right now, uh, discuss the rest of the equation. So. So the four sides of the mind. Uh, I have a little whiteboard here that kind of goes into depth as to what that looks like. So let me adjust my position here. So we'll take a look at that. All right. So actually it's a little bit better if I go over here, I think. Yeah. All right. So uh, the four sides of the mind. You have the ego. You have the four cognitive functions that exist within the ego. And that's the hero, parent, uh, child, um, and uh, the inferior function. And then you have the unconscious, which contains the nemesis, uh, the critic, the trickster, uh, the demon. Um, so those are the eight cognitive functions that exist uh, within the ego and the unconscious. They also exist in the subconscious and the superego, except if you notice, they're flipped upside down. 
They're just the same four functions, just flipped upside down on the opposite side. Uh, and basically that means the human mind has 16 total cognitive functions. It's just that there's eight cognitive functions, but there's also like a mirror image, a reverse mirror image of those same functions on the other sides of their mind. So, uh, so like if you take a test and you're an INTP, that means you have an INTP ego, but your unconscious is an ENTJ. Um, and then your uh, subconscious is an ESFJ, and your superego is an artist, also known as the ISFP. Four different personalities make up the INTP ego test result, basically. So it's not good enough uh, you know, to say, like, oh, I'm being put in a box that says I'm an INTP, but maybe sometimes I'm an ENTP. No, if you're extroverting and you're an INTP, that means you're being an ENTJ or you're being an ESFJ. That's actually what that means. So if you're an INTP, uh, you're being more caring, you're at a social event, uh, you just ate dinner at someone's house and then you volunteer to do their dishes for them with your ESF, with their ESFJ subconscious, that is a very INTP thing to do. Even though it's not their house, they'd actually be willing to do that and volunteer to do that or assist with the chores around the dinner, etc. cetera. Uh, or if they're in a, uh, a family situation and something wrong is happening, they'll probably use, they'll start extroverting in their ENTJ uh, unconscious side of their mind and become this person who takes charge, for example. But each of those are extroverted personas when their ego persona is an introverted. Same with their superego. So who's right? Well, it's obviously not a test that gives you one test result. The answer is, is that you have four sides of your mind. So, so let's look at the cognitive functions within each of the four sides of their mind uh, of the mind and uh, figure out their attitudes or their moods, basically. So the hero is basically the apex, the apex of the conscious mind, conscious being ego, essentially. It's the same thing. Uh, the parent is, is very responsible. It's about... Uh, it, what it what it tries to do is protect the child, the inner child of somebody or the other people's children, basically, and uh, in their minds. And it's trying, and its job is to tell the hero to stop flying around saving the world because as it's saving the world, the hero produces collateral damage. And the parent is to trying to impart some of its uh, responsibility, confer some of its responsibility upon the hero. So the person using their hero becomes more responsible while using it. The inner child is the most innocent part of the human soul. Uh, it's where a person's innocence uh, is. Uh, if someone were to attack the uh, child function of another human being, that is akin to child abuse. Um, that'd be like telling a mentor or an ENFJ or an ENTJ. It'd be like telling those two types that uh, they always look bad, that they always that they never give people a good experience, uh, that they don't care about uh, you know all their attention to detail uh, that would be like telling an ENTP or an ESTP that they're uncaring and that they're the most selfish people in the world uh, that would be like telling an INTP or an INFP that uh, they are the most disloyal people uh, on the planet that is child abuse uh, the fourth function is the inferior function it's where a person's fear and insecurity exists uh, 
I would caution people hitting this function when you're conversing or interacting with other human beings because when that happens, uh, they will hate you. They, it creates instant hatred because everyone's trying to protect their security and, uh, and feel secure within their environment or who, who they're with. Um, now, people can get over their insecurity, and that gives them, or they can be pushed deep into their insecurity. Either side, positive or negative, pushes them into their uh, subconscious. If you're aspiring with your insecurities, then you're able to use your subconscious side of your mind at will and in a very productive, positive manner. If you're being pushed into your insecurities, you can get super defensive, negative, and you're pushing your subconscious not at will, and it becomes a very negative experience for you and everyone around you. And uh, that's basically how the fourth function works. The fourth function, the inferior function, is the gateway into the subconscious. Just like the nemesis function, the fifth function is the gateway into the unconscious side of the mind. And that happens when someone gets over their worry. When someone can get over their worry, like, so I have introverted intuition nemesis, that means I worry about my own future. Why? Well, my hero is extroverted intuition hero, and it's keeping track of, like, all of the futures, infinite futures, possibilities um, within the world around us and everything that's going on. And because of that, because I'm focused on everyone else's futures and everyone else's intents and desires, when it comes to my desires and intentions, I worry about them, and it's a negative experience. If I can get over my worry, I can access my unconscious mind at will without a problem. Or if someone forces me to try to want something, it puts me into my unconscious side of my mind against my will and it becomes a negative experience for me and everyone else, just like with the subconscious. Uh, the next function is the critic. The critic is where a person's criticism exists. So imagine having an introverted feeling as a critic. That means you're basically criticizing your own sense of self-worth every day of your life and you literally feel worthless and novel every day of your life. Two types do that, the INFJ and the ISFJ. They're constantly trying to overcompensate by being caring for others because deep down they feel like they're trash. They feel like they're uh, not worth it. They feel like they don't deserve good things in their life because they're so critical towards their self-worth. Um, it's also where a person's wisdom exists, especially as they gain on in years, they start to realize uh, they can start turning their critic function into a wise function and be able to confer wisdom upon other people and themselves uh, as they develop it. The trickster function is all about someone being unaware. Uh, they're like blindsided. So my trickster is introverted feeling, which means I have zero moral awareness. I don't make moral decisions, so I have to rely on ethics. But ethics only go so far. That's why I need someone who has introverted feeling around me so that they tell me how they feel about things. That way I can behave morally through my sense of ethics, through them. It's like living emotionally vicariously through them. That's how extroverted feeling works. And uh, my lack of moral awareness makes it difficult for me to make moral decisions, extremely difficult to make moral decisions on my own. It's, it's crazy and difficult. The bottom function is known as the demon function. It's where a person's uh, sin nature exists. It's where the human condition exists. Um, the demon gives is the pathway into the superego, also known as the parasite uh, persona within the mind. Um, Martin Luther said that sin nature is defined by the self bending in on the self, and the superego, all it wants to do is kind of pull down the ego to itself and replace the ego and become 
the master persona of the four personas of the mind. So let's look at where that actually happens in, um, in media or in the cinema. Uh, the second Batman film uh, directed by uh, Christopher Nolan, The Dark Knight, that actually happened and is the best portrayal of it I've ever seen using Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. Because the Joker was actually an ENTP ego, but he got stuck in a superego due to all the suffering in his life. And the superego is an ESFP, uh, an ESFP, a demonic parasite ESFP that just wants to see the world burn and dance over the corpses that it's burning, basically. Uh, and not because it wants to, just because it can. As Alfred says in the film, some men just want to see the world burn. Well, that's what the Joker was, chaotic evil. He wanted to see the world burn because he tried to use his ego to solve the problems of his life, that failed. He tried to use his subconscious to solve the problems of life, that failed. He tried to use his uh, un unconscious mind to try to solve the problems of the world that he, or his problems or that in his life, that failed. So the only thing left was to go pure evil with his chaotic evil ESFP. And he got stuck in there. And because he was stuck on that side of his mind, he became very destructive. The thing is, a lot of people say that the superego is ultimate corruption, it's ultimate evil. But in the long run, that's not actually true. The superego does have some positive components to it. What happens if you burn down the entire forest? Well, new life grows. So there is some use to the superego. A little bit of positivity for like, so like 95% negative to 5% positive, but there's still some positive use to the superego. A lot of people say you should just ignore it, try to stay out of it. Um, but in reality is that's not how it goes. Quite frankly, enlightenment, enlightenment literally is being able to use all four sides of your mind in perfect balance with each other. Getting over your worry, getting over your insecurity, uh, being able to have the self-discipline and self-awareness to master all four sides of your mind and bring them together in unity with all eight cognitive functions. And having that unity is what makes you a well-rounded, well-balanced human being. And that literally is what enlightenment is. You become um, complete within oneself. Although you're only four of the 16 types, total types of all cognition available, so you're not like what people would call holy, complete and lacking nothing, but you are the best possible that you can be within yourself. And that, in my opinion, is what the definition of enlightenment actually is from a psychological standpoint. So that's what the four sides of the mind are, and uh, that's what the cognitive functions do inside uh, the four sides of the mind. As you can see, that's a lot more complex than just uh, doing, <laughs> taking a test and getting your four letters and, and only that's your ego and then being confused and confusing other people because everyone thinks that their letters change over time and that's not true. It's not about letters changing. It's not like being, oh, I tested an INTJ, but today I'm an ENTJ. No, it's not about that. I tested an, what it really is, is I, I tested an INTJ and my subconscious is an ESFP and my unconscious is an ENTP and my parasite is an ISFJ. And it's like, oh, okay, things start making more sense that way. That's what the power of the four sides of the mind really is. Having those four personas in oneself to solve all of the obstacles of life 
within that one person. Now, obviously, it's best to have relationships with other human beings so you can have access to more of the available human cognition within all 16 archetypes. Once you have, if you have access to more cognition, you're able to solve more problems. And this is why human beings need relationships to solve problems. And that's not just in romantic relationships or parenting or business or war or, uh, or any kind of social interaction. It's for everything. This permeates every aspect of human existence and human interaction. So it is important that we develop ourselves, develop our four sides of our mind to become better human beings and develop the sides of the mind of human beings we come into contact with so we can have access to their cognition and they can have access to ours. It's the ultimate sharing which creates the ultimate unity which allows our race to literally get through any obstacle. Um, it, it has been said um, that because human beings can accomplish huge feats of strength together, that human beings can literally accomplish anything, provided that they are together, unified, they speak the same language, they have the one common goal. If they have that common unity, they can utilize all of the present cognition within the human mind collectively to literally accomplish any task. Uh, that could be curing any disease. It could even be bringing immortality to our race. It can be done as many have attempted before. Uh, if uh, you pay attention to um, world history um, uh, in ancient times, according to their legends, of course. Um, but that's another discussion for another day. Anyway, that's uh, the four sides of the mind. Um, please, uh, if you found this uh, video um, informational, or helpful or educational in any way, please uh, like and subscribe. If you have any questions, please leave a comment and I'll do my best to answer your question. And uh, the next video I'm probably gonna be doing uh, either one to talk about the tests specifically, or I will do another video to start the series on how to type uh, others. So thank you for watching and have a good day.